welcome to the post-Christmas edition and I guess New Year's Eve or New Year's Day edition of The Stack. Nathan Stacking with you. Uh, let me uh, and uh, Travis Grins, my friend and co-host of this great podcast, joins me here. And Travis, let me be among the last to wish you Merry Christmas, among the middle to oh. wish you Happy New Year's, and among the first to wish you Happy Fourth of July. I think you were one of the first to wish me Happy Christmas as well a couple weeks ago. Well, yes, yes, I... First and last. Yes, if you're not first, you're last, right? Isn't that what Ricky Bobby used to say? Apparently. Not first, uh, no doubt, we say. Uh, right. Uh, lots, <laughs> lots to get into here. Uh, bowl season is in full force. The NFL regular season has ended. The playoffs begin, the Vikings are in it, and they will get trounced by the New Orleans Saints. But first... Yeah, it's great fun for us to watch that. Yep, uh, it's going to be you know, a great season that ended in stupendous fashion on Monday night, uh, on Christmas Eve Eve, to the arch-rival Green Bay Packers, and uh, yeah, the season pretty much ended right there. But before we get into that, uh, a massive snowstorm, post-Christmas storm, hit the upper Midwest, and as we like to do here... We like to talk about the weather and the storm, and I was watching the Weather Channel, I believe it was on Saturday, and Mitchell, South Dakota was, uh, they had a live shot there, I thought maybe Mike Seidel or, you know, Stephanie Abrams or something would be there, I don't know who exactly was at the Weather Channel, but I thought, uh, I'm texting you and saying, uh, hey, why don't you get on down there and, uh, do a, do a spot for them. Oh, well, in April we had a big blizzard, somebody was there too. Yes. I don't, know what it is. I don't. I don't know why it's Mitchell and not, like why they go to Mitchell and not you know Sioux Falls or some other place like that. Well, like, they Sioux Falls, they've kind of missed out on these big on these big storms. We we've kind of been the the ones that have hit. We had another foot of snow this weekend. Sioux Falls only got four. Just I think uh, I don't think Sioux Falls got nearly that much. Right. We had 16 uh, inches of previous year, so this is our third significant storm in less than two years. So I guess I don't ever, I don't know, I guess I don't ever remember having these back home when I was only 10 miles from Sioux Falls. Sioux mm-hmm. Falls hasn't gotten uh, these, and Mitchell has, 70 miles west. So I maybe, maybe Mitchell's gotten these storms before, but I don't remember a foot of snow being like a regular every year occurrence. Now it's happened three times in uh, like 18 months. Is this really global warming? <laughs> oh, well, look at that. Goddamn climate. Fucked up, to, <laughs> fucked up for everything. So I'm sure we're going to get another one at some point. We had a pretty bad storm uh, during Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. So we had about four to six inches, but it was icy. Yep. Yeah. Um,. We, so I know like Fargo, I just saw on the news that, uh, that they got the most snow that they've gotten in a decade and, or it, out of one storm, Ellendale, North Dakota, which is uh southeastern part of the state got, I believe it was 26 inches of snow, 26 inches there. Oh boy. We lost Travis. We lost Travis here. I'm sorry. The person you were trying oh, to reach boy. has a voicemail. We'll get him back. We'll get him back on his uh, on his flip phone here in just a moment. But I know Ellendale, North Dakota, gets uh, got 26 inches of snow. 
and you know Fargo got hit with a with a ton of snow. Uh, a lot of snow. A lot of snow. A lot of snow. Cloud, we didn't get much. We got some sleet. We got some freezing rain, and then a lot of rain in the afternoon. We were supposed to go to a wedding uh, in Minneapolis and saw the footage of savage minnesota and a kid skating down the sidewalk and a bus sliding in eden prairie and that was pretty much the end of that uh so uh we were sorry that we missed the wedding of amy bohia and her uh fiance i don't know i can't brady i believe it was brady's his name well it was the day after her birthday um uh, don't so do it. Don't uh, do it. no, it it, it comes with a it comes with the territory. Yep, it comes with the territory. But anyway, happy wedding to them. We'll, we'll uh, Kelsey, I think, and her friend, uh, her sorority yep. sister, planning to 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 figure something out to to get down there and and see her and part ways with our wedding gift for them and everything like that. So it was. You know who got married during the winter? You know who got married like in November, December? Uh, November. Who who did? The Whistler, that's who got married. Oh, the Whistler. Okay. They were right. more attached. I remember watching some game. There, was, there were football games on. So it had to have been like this November, I think. Late November, probably. Oh, well, I think it was December. It was November. So it was pretty cool, though. Okay. But, anywho. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we didn't get as much... Uh, you know, as the, I was just saying, like, Ellendale, North Dakota got 26 inches of snow. Fargo gets uh, a, a foot in blizzard-like conditions. The most, uh, like, the biggest storm they've gotten in a decade. And it figures that it comes after I leave. Because um, I appear to be the weather jinx. We yes, yes, we love them. Um, but this is a storm that really crippled the area. Mm. Yeah. So the storm is coming on. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about another storm here in a couple of weeks, or you know, next month or something. Next year for sure. We got 2020 vision. Trends. How's your eyesight? Is it 2020? Yeah, 2020. There you go. The eyeballs and everything. <laughs> your retina and irises are all uh, doing just fine. That's great. Optometrists uh, must love all the jokes that they get, or maybe they uh, are providing the, the jokes for this new year. New century, and I remember that being a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about 2009 going into 2010. I couldn't, I couldn't even venture a guess where the hell I was. New Year's of 2009, 2010. You were in Brookings, maybe. I, I, yeah, it would have been, what, our senior year? Yep. I don't, I assume I'd be at home. Yeah, you probably were. I don't know, maybe there's a game. I don't even know. I, I, I couldn't, uh, whatever it was, wasn't memorable, I know that much, so. I think, you know, why is it, why is 2020 so big? Is it because of the, of the jokes that, uh, that come up with? It's just a new decade, 20s, 30s, 40s, a new decade, a new 10 years. The first, it was a bit of a rough start to the decade. Uh, middle portion was pretty good. Uh, last four years, Jack, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, last four years have been terrible. Uh, oh, really? I hadn't known. Yeah. Uh, 70, 
being 18, 19 were not great. Uh, 2020 probably not going to be great. Nope, I would agree uh, with that. Oh well, we'll see. If maybe we can uh, turn turn this thing around here. Jesus, hopefully. It's been a- uh, like SpongeBob SquarePants, I do live in a pineapple under the sea, so I was not aware of uh, seventeen eight. Have you ever watched that show? I have. I loved it. This SpongeBob oh, was great God. growing up. I, I there's a uh, Mexican restaurant, Sioux Falls, uh, called Gilberto's, and uh, a small little place, and they had this. I thought about the course, so why they had they had of all the TVs, they had SpongeBob on. And I don't know if this was an odd episode or what, but I'm looking at, like, what is this? What type of drugs are you on uh, to make this show? Well, I don't okay. know what the hell was going on. What, what was there the was episode? Something. I couldn't even tell you. Oh. It was so goddamn weird. Uh, they, were getting, they were getting ready for a big live musical that night or something, and this thing was all loud. We're sitting right underneath it, and we're like, what the hell is going on here with this? What you, is this? Who was with you? Was it Melissa, or...? Yes. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? So she didn't grow up on Spongebob either, then? No, this is... No, we were... We were old enough to say, screw this, this was weird as hell. Whatever was going on, I'm like, what the hell is this? Well... I couldn't even tell you anything about it. Well, I, I can tell you, I love SpongeBob growing up, and in fact, our favorite uh, the the our, our the favorite school that has beaten us uh, one seed, uh, the 16 seed, UMBC had a SpongeBob SquarePants night at one of their basketball games this year. They had a uh, you probably saw it on Twitter because I, I I mentioned it several times uh, that you know they were doing this uh, tournament, and I believe it was the Bubble Bowl that won. Uh, fantastic episode. So if there is one. Episode two, watch it would be the bubble bowl. May I say, change the subject very shortly. Uh, you and the bull pick are having a uh, historic year in the bull pick. I you've got all of your. You're gonna win this thing. I, uh, well, we can't jinx me quite yet. I, I appreciate it, you, but you've got all your big. You got what a thirty-seven pointer left is all. You got a thirty-three and a thirty-two and a thirty-four left. I imagine. Those games are probably going to come up in a couple of days. Yep. But you've been on all of them except uh, Kent State and Utah State. And uh, besides that, you've hit on uh, pretty much all of them. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and the Utah State one was at 25, and I bumped it to 11 minutes before kickoff because I didn't know if Jordan Love was playing or not because he had uh, the, he had the marrow he had the the substance. Uh, arrests and stuff and they did and apparently the utah state defense was the one that was on marijuana or uh whatever controlled substance it was but i appreciate and, it and i was as surprised as anybody to find out that i didn't pick appalachian state to be uab for 41 i picked uab <laughs> and i was like well that was a mistake that was not what i wanted to do. i th- i wondered that i was like that we because like, we talked about no, it the week no. if we talked about it right before bull pickham began and like I'm pretty sure we both had Appalachian State there. Yes, everybody had them for like 40 points. And yeah. I had UAB, and UAB got up 14. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get lucky. <laughs> nope, they got outscored 31 to three the rest of the way. And I picked that. I'm like, oh, that was that's that's the end of my season. My season ended uh, day one, pretty much. So. That was a quick out for me. Well, you you have a chance. Where where are we at here? Sixth uh, place. I uh, mean, it 
You never uh, know. Th- things can I'm change. Hundred points behind you. Hundred points behind you. Well, no, there's no chance. You know what? Well, I will give you some sauce because I know that the UAB pick was a. I believe was a mistake. So we'll just add 41 points at the end and just see where you were at. Uh, while we are on the bowl, pick them. Let's give a quick. I love, I love why, again, Wyatt. You can always count on him to not change his confidence picks or any of these and just pick them straight up. Yep. And not switch them up and down. Like everybody seemingly else can figure this out. It's not that difficult. Apparently he can't. I. I will would like to take back the Alcorn State pick. I should have picked North Carolina A&T. They've won four of the last five uh, celebration bowls. So when North Carolina A&T is in there next year, I'm going to take them for a lot of points. Because I think I, I, think I put that one. one you or two you three. did. Yeah, this was the this was the one year where you decided not to yeah. put the celebration bowl at a high number of points. Um, and I picked the team at one. A and T, and they were not the favorite. Apparently, according to at least uh, the people that picked them, they only had thirty-four percent picks A and T, and I didn't feel confident about it. That's why I put it at one. Yeah, yep. And I uh, put USC at one. Um, I should have picked Iowa because of the Hayden Fry thing, but uh, we're on a good run right now. And while we are on the subject of bull pick them, let me. Uh, I picked Iowa because USC sucks. Well, that's Sorry, true. May I ask, so before I give the, the shout-out that I need to, can I ask why Schottenkirk keeps uh, entering and then leaving the group? It, it seems weird. Um, he was in the group, and then he they, left the group, and they, I haven't seen him back. Is he back in the group now? I haven't seen him come back since he's left. Um, he he was, and then I think USC uh, lost, and then he pr- uh, oh, promptly left because uh, I was like, oh. Yeah. Cause I was in first, and I'm like, okay, this is good. And then all of a sudden, I see him in second. I'm like, well, how the heck did this happen? And I see it was that uh, it was the day that uh, USC was in, and then USC lost, and then all of a sudden, Shot and Kirk left. So I don't know if the if the uh-huh. book, I think the bookies might be after him. I mean, that's um, they also one of our pickums just randomly. So I don't know. He's different. I think he doesn't like to lose. But if he loses, he leaves. So. I don't know why. No, no members who won last year. Nobody, I don't know, I don't know. Just, just pick your games, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's like, I am, it's enjo- horrible. I yeah. am enjoying this run that I'm on. Uh, inevitably, it will end at some point, but I am, I'm very happy with the run I'm on right now. And let me give a shout out to my mom, who has joined yeah. the, the Bull Pick'em. Uh, is, is she this person? I don't know who the hell it is. Beginner's luck? Is that, is yes. that your mom? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, she's the Look at this. She's uh, very competitive. Yes. And, hey, she moves shit up and down. Look at that. Yeah. that I, there's always some person. I have, it seems like every year well, there's some person in this thing, and holy Christ, and I figured it out. Wow. Yep. Uh, so I told her to do this because she's like, well, I feel like I have to now because I was. Uh, mentioned on the podcast i'm like well yeah i mean that's you know if you want to i don't you don't have to but if you want to yes and then uh she called me i believe it was on that friday and she's like okay do i have to do this and i said no you you can move them up and down so uh, the uh the bahamas bowl had started but then she's like okay i can you know she was moving stuff around and everything and she was 
on a really good tear here. Uh, we were uh, Christmas Eve. We should have no. We should. Wow. We should not even care about the the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. But uh, we were done opening presents, and so I'm following this game on my phone, and I'm like, oh, it looks like BYU is going to win, and I'm like, oh, shit, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, Hawaii comes back and wins, and we're very happy. And you know what? Prior to uh, Ohio State losing on uh, in the, the semifinal, she was on a tear, and she's even, she's still doing very, very well. Did you help her with this? I did not. Not at all. How does she know? How does she do this? She listens, she listens to the... Well, she she got second in fantasy football this year. Um, so she's on a run. She's very smart. She knows what she's doing, and she listens to this podcast because that is why she uh, took Ohio State. She took Ohio State for twenty seven points because she listened to you saying uh, we hate Dabo Sweeney and Dabo Sweeney sucks. Well, I hate it. <laughs> so that's why. And uh, truth, I was rooting for Ohio State in that game. That was uh, that was quite quite the football game. Yep, um, I did ask her because my grandpa went to school at Iowa State, and uh. I asked why she didn't pick Iowa State, and. I didn't. I don't believe I really got the full answer, but she picked Notre Dame. I think it's because she she watches Golik and Wingo, uh, yeah, as do I. So she knows, you know, the Goliks are huge Notre Dame fans. So I believe that's why, in large part, she took Notre Dame there. But uh, she's doing very, very well and is, you know, still has a chance in this. She's very much alive. Um, and she took LSU for forty points. Uh, so good job, mom. Uh, doing. Extremely well, uh, so best of luck. Uh, Stacking uh, bracket challenge. Oh, she, she's in there. She she always does a bracket uh, or two. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see where she's at this year. Uh, what has been your before we get into the the college football bowl game or the the, the 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 playoffs? What has been your favorite bowl moment so far? I'd say I probably watched more bowl games than I did regular season. I didn't watch a whole lot of regular season. I've watched a lot of bowls here. My favorites, I will always remember the uh, the missed fumble, the missed calls in that Clemson game that screwed Ohio so poorly. The, uh, the the catch by the Clemson receiver in which he caught the ball and yep. proceeded to take four goddamn steps and then fumble the ball. Reese Davis says State that was a good call. Touchdown. Yeah. And they didn't give them the touchdown because... I don't know why they didn't give him the touchdown. He never had full possession of the ball. It seemed to me that he did. It, I, I just, I saw it, he caught it, he took steps. Mm-hmm. He pulled it. As I saw that, I'm like, what? And then the, uh, the rough part was just dumb on Ohio State's part, and I didn't like the, the penalty against Trevor Lawrence. They kicked the quarterback out of the game. I was like, those hits, like I, I was watching this uh, Orange Bowl right here, Florida, Virginia, like a very similar hits, and those hits are going to happen. And I thought it was a cornerback blitz. Thought it was well executed. It was a third down. They would have punted. And I, couple of very important plays that Ohio State didn't get the credit for, and I feel like. They probably should have won the game if not for. Those are two very important calls. Yeah. 
Now, Reese Davis thought that the and I I agree with you on that on that catch by Ross and the fumble. I it to me because I like Clemson far more than I do Ohio State. And let me just state right now that I think Ohio State is going to be back in the playoff next year. I mean, they look phenomenal. Like they, they they're going to lose Chase Young. They're going to lose uh, Dobbins. He's going to the to the pros. They're going to lose a couple of corners and a wide receiver, but they're just going to reload and they look good. They they will be unstoppable next year. Uh, so they are my favorite right now to at least make the the college football playoff, if not a little more. But let let me just let me just state this. Uh, Reese Davis said he didn't know if it was a fumble or not. I mean, I, I've, I mean, I've looked at it a half dozen times, and I can't definitively determine. And maybe it's just a little bias showing from me. I can't tell for sure if he has control of the ball or not. Like I looked at it from what I remember looking, I, I felt it was very cut and dry. It's like, oh shit, this is one of the worst calls considering the importance in third mm-hmm. quarter. And, and this was huge. Just and they scored a touchdown on it. Like, oh, if they score that, if they let that go, I think they probably win the game. Probably. Yep. I, saw, I saw that. I was like, Jesus. So you take that away, and then. Clemson scores when they, they think they scored two touchdowns on those two penalties on the rough and the punter. They scored another one on the on the, the targeting call, but yeah, it was them with the helmet. But not, but there's a lot of tackles. I mean, he didn't launch himself. It wasn't malicious. Right. Just scored blitz. Trevor Lawrence ducked a little bit. I mean, clean play. He got his clock clean by a good tackle. So yep. that was disheartening because I felt. They should have gotten credit for that, but man, I saw that and like, man. So Clemson, Clemson got away with one there. So, so are you like the many Ohio State fans that feel like they got jobbed in this game? Oh yes, I've yes. Okay. Referee, so, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, hey, you know, don't don't kick a field goal. You know, they had three field goals, score a touchdown once in a while. A lot of opportunities to do some stuff. Don't throw some interceptions. A lot of plays and those referee calls—they were—they were important plays. But man, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, I don't care who it is; you just get the call right. Well, I don't care who's playing my favorite team, my not favorite team. Just correctly get the call the way it should be. Well, and that's what I was going to state, though, is that Ohio State did have multiple opportunities inside the red zone and only came away with field goals. Like they could have put Clemson away in the first half if they really wanted to. And they I mean, people are saying, oh, you know, they were up, you know, what, 16 to nothing. It's like, I don't care what the score was. I don't care if they had a big lead, if they didn't. Just get the call right. Right. If somebody fumbles and they score a touchdown, I don't care if it was in the final minute of the LSU-Oklahoma game. If if something happens, get it right. I don't care who's ahead, who's behind. If you're ahead by two touchdowns, if you're behind by two touchdowns, if you let a 30-point lead, just get whatever is right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just, I just don't see that. Of, oh, they were up sixteen to nothing. But yeah, a lot of teams are up at some point in each game, and leads go go away really quickly sometimes. So just get the call right. If somebody forces a fumble, scores a touchdown, and it appears to be correct, give them those points. So I talked with Charlie 
Sunday night. So, oh, spoiler alert, he's coming up next on the podcast. And we, we picked the Monday bowl games. We're recording this on – I'm recording this uh, segment with you on a Monday night. Uh, did you see the ending to the serve to the first responders oh serve pro game between Western so Kentucky great. and Western Nothing Michigan? Nothing to do with work, so I'm watching these games. Western Kentucky thoroughly outplayed at Western Michigan at one point. It was our own fourth quarter or third quarter. Western Kentucky had outgained them by 200 yards, mm-hmm. yet we're losing 17. And it was a pick six. That was the pick six that really swung the game. They were going to go in the locker room, maybe up 17-3, to three, and then a, a really fluky interception, 85 yards or so, and that happened then. What a, what a finish. And you think Washington's going to win back, poops the bed, and what a mess at the end of that game. What a Brad Childress-type mess. <laughs> so, just, and you bring out this terrible kicker. It was just awful, and sometimes he makes a 52-yarder. Can't imagine there'll be a better finish. That's right. Dumber finish than that. Because right. I had this game, I was just keeping track on my phone, I saw it was twenty twenty, and Oh man, here's a they have a first and ten at the thirty nine, so I, I quickly run out uh while I had a second and um flipped the game on and saw the Hill Mary and it was batted down I'm like, okay, we're gonna gonna go to overtime, so we'll just we'll see what happens there and then I look five minutes later and I see Western Kentucky wins twenty three twenty. I'm like, Okay, well there's no way that overtime got done that quickly. You know, and I'm looking and pulling up the play-by-play, and I can't figure it out. They, they like ESPN just didn't have it listed chronologically that it made any sense whatsoever. Did you see what happened? I did see what happened. I saw the 12 men on the field, and oh man, well, and Western the, Michigan at all. Western Kentucky scores to tie it up, and there's a few minutes left. Oh yeah, I was talking about the last second field, the yeah. the first. Then Western Michigan drives, and it's like. They're doing pretty well. And it's like a fourth and three from the 30, and they're into the wind. Mm-hmm. So instead of kicking a field goal, they go for it on fourth and three. They yep. do a kind of a fake handoff. Quarterback's got, he probably would have picked up 15 yards, but he slipped. Oh, Western I didn't Michigan see this. Into like an RPO on three, yep. and quarterback kept it, was going to go right. Mm-hmm. And, oh, he he would have gotten 15 yards at least, and he slipped oh. right away. So that that was that. And then Western Kentucky gets with the timeout to go with about 30 seconds to go. This Western Kentucky quarterback missed a lot of open guys. He overthrew them many open guys, and including one on those final drives. But they pick up some yards and like a 57-yard field goal, and they're not going to try that. So right. They try Hail Mary. Well, why would why and, would you try uh, it with a guy who was 15 of 26 on field goals prior to the one that tied the game up? They try Hail Mary, and it doesn't go, but there's 12 men on the field. So they got to figure this out. And so now it's a 52-yard field goal. So they say, all right, we're going to try this. And he makes it really no problem. Like, <laughs> wow. This kid who was like 16 of 27 on the year, not very good. He, he missed a 20... He missed a 29-yarder early in the game. And he made this 52-yarder freshman kicker. I was like, great. Good for him. Right. Uh Uh-oh. Virginia just scored. 
It's a six-point game. Very, uh, this has been, this has far exceeded my expectations and probably everybody else. What, 15-point underdog at kickoff here, and very excited. Very good, good job for third quarter. Nothing happened. Nothing happened in the third quarter. First half was great. Some trick plays by Virginia. Nobody thought they had a chance. And here they are, fourth quarter. Great uniforms out there. Looks outstanding. Great game so far. What do we always say is a determining factor in the bowl games here? Uh, the bowl, well, yeah, the bowl pick them. It's motivation. What team is motivated? I think I think Florida's trying here. I think they want to win. I don't think it's a case of motivation. I just think Virginia is just playing well. Well, I mean, I, this did not start well. I mean, Florida had a touchdown with a minute in, like a long touchdown. Mm-hmm. And this did not end well. And Virginia's had a couple of great plays and a few uh, plays here that stand out. But oh, good, good for Virginia. It's like with these games, I fully expect the Saints to beat the hell out of the Vikings. But. I, I, I can't be confident in any game. Against any game with any teams. Yep. Dolphins beat the Patriots. Lions almost beat the Packers. None of them should have happened. I can't feel confident in any. In any. I think LSU should, should beat Clemson. Yep. I do too. Uh, we, all, we all thought LSU would beat Oklahoma, and they thoroughly did that. But I can't be confident in any game. I think Auburn's going to beat Alabama's going to beat Michigan, but. It's sports. No, nobody knows. That LSU game was unheard of. I mean, just Joe Burrow's performance, seven touchdown passes in the first half, of a rushing touchdown, an eighth touchdown, I mean, eight touchdowns in the first half. You just, I mean, that's unthinkable, unheard of. It's one of the greatest offensive games ever. Yeah. He had 400 yards and seven touchdowns and a half. 400 yards and seven touchdowns and a half of football. Like, shouldn't the Pac-12 then be like, "Hey, uh, Big 12, no, if no, this no. is the, if this is what you you've got to show, uh, we could probably do better." I don't know what they could. Joe, Bur- I mean, Joe Burrow is the number one overall pick. I yes. think he's going to do very good. In the NFL, and I think it's, I don't know because he's going to the Bengals, and that's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe. Yep. That. Well, he's he's going to be in the same uh, division as Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. Okay, just Lamar Jackson, but uh, I mean, so that's tough. But remember, the Bengals were without sixty percent of their offensive line this year due to injuries. Uh, no AJ Green, so that. If they if those pieces come back healthy, the Bengals will be competitive next year. Um, and remember that Joe Burrow is with was it Joe Brady, offensive coordinator, who was with the Saints. So there, there's a pro style element to the to the LSU offense, and so that's why I think he'll be able to succeed because he's already in a pro style system. The learning curve I think is going to be. Heavily reduced. I don't know how good he's going to be because that team's not very good. Yeah. It's like, I don't know who's winning these games. I don't know who's going to be good. I like I like Baker Mayfield. I don't like the Wyoming guy. I don't like <laughs> shithead in Chicago. Yep. 
who barely who beat the Vikings backups on Sunday with How a last second Bears, field goal. I'm watching this game and I'm like, you want to win? Chica- I mean, Chicago, are you going to win this game? They should have even won. If Boone doesn't fumble on that first drive there, the Vikings score a touchdown. If, uh, like, if, when- if Fetty doesn't get taken down, the Vikings score a defensive touchdown, they win the game. Why can we not? We couldn't do anything on offense when we played in Chicago. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't do a damn thing. And here's our backups, and they do they do fine. They do okay. They have a couple of big runs. There was a much passing game. How does that happen? We have this quarterback, and we have these Pro Bowl receivers and all this stuff, and this great running back, and we can't muster a touchdown in Chicago. One, it's at home. To the motivation factor, motivation is the real thing. I mean, Chicago wasn't going to the, isn't going to the playoffs at all, and so. But they played their starters, and we didn't play anybody. I know, and they were ahead eighteen to six. So like, all right, eighteen to six is going the way expected. And the best quarterback is so shitty. God, is he terrible? <laughs> yes, he Jesus is. Jesus Christ! Like what? There's some throws he makes, and like, oh, that's pretty good. Jesus, his face and his arm, they all suck. The best part is, is that the Bears don't have a first-round pick uh, in next yeah, year's right. draft either. So they, they came in front of two Hall of Famers. They could yep. have had a couple of them, and no, no, we'll pass. Yep. We'll take we'll take this dumbass. Man, I say like North Carolina's got some freshman. I think he looks yes. pretty good. Howell. Well, did, did you see those? Did you see those throws he made in the? Yeah. Did you see those throws he made though against Temple in the uh, military bowl or whatever they played in? Great. Yes, just fantastic. Howell is his name. He's 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 great. North Carolina is very good. So uh, yeah, it, it was just fantastic. A lot of fun to watch. Um. So yeah. I mean, oh. I mean that, that that finish of that game today was crazy. Yes. That's probably number one for me. I have not been able to watch a ton of bowl games, but I've been following along with them like crazy. Um. Jeez, I mean that that Hawaii finish was great. How about Pittsburgh coming back to win the Quick Lane Bowl? Who would have ever thought we would have said Quick Lane? You know what? I watched pretty much the entire Cheez It Bowl uh, between Air Force and Washington State because I was just so enamored. I, I watched that. And that was I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, it, it, and it's because two different, the, two different uh, offenses like that. Okay. So did you, I? Mean, I'm sure you didn't read the uh, the blog of this of, of the game uh, when I previewed the. Uh, when, when I previewed the Cheez-It Bowl. Let me find that uh, preview here. Uh, when would that have been? Last Friday it would have been. Let's find last Friday's The Stack here. Yeah, I, I've never had DVR uh, when they had Midco Cable, but now i got YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. I've got it. And um, I watched that game the next day. Halftime, I watched it until halftime, went to bed. And then uh, watch the second half, and very much like forwarding through these commercials and starting games an hour later. 
finishing that. It, it just it's so much more time to do other stuff. So here is what I pre- I put down for the uh, when I previewed the Cheez It Bowl between ten and two Air Force and six and six Washington State, uh, and I, I'm not meaning to toot my own horn, but this was pretty spot on. I said Washington State's defense can't stop anyone. Air Force has a good rushing attack. Ball control will be key in this game. Advantage Air Force. That, that and I mean that's. A synopsis of what happened in this game. Air Force had controlled the clock. You know, they had for like 40 plus minutes. They ran the ball like crazy. And, you know, when you have a 20 play, 98 yard drive. I mean, that's that it consumes over 12 minutes of clock. You're going to do good things. And the Washington State defense was tired and they just couldn't stop whoever, whether it be the the quarterback, or the, I think it was Reynolds, or the Kansas Comet. Uh, this was a, a very good performance by Air Force. So LSU against Clemson will preview that game in the national championship next week. Um, I think LSU is going to win. But Clemson loves being the underdog, so who knows what's going to happen. But this LSU team looks so unstoppable right now. Like, this may be the most dominant team that we've seen in college football in years. Even They're even more unstoppable, I feel like, than Alabama. We've seen... We've always... What happened? What happened if LSU had a good... Right. A good quarterback. This is what happens. So that's... Yeah. I was wondering, like, how good are they compared to these past? So, like, Alabama, Alabama, I mean, they, they were significantly better than everybody else. And I guess, I guess Auburn, Auburn and LSU was close. Alabama, LSU was kind of close. Uh, so they were close-ish during the year. And, well, I mean, we'll see what Clemson has. I don't think, I think they win by multiple touchdowns. Yes. I, I agree. I think. Yeah, Cotton Bowl with Penn State. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, points there. Uh, 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 how USC couldn't stop Iowa. <laughs> couldn't stop their 1950s offense that they run. Yeah. couldn't stop them. How Miami uh, couldn't score a point against Louisiana Tech is beyond me. Miami's so bad. Like, why, when these Florida teams are bad, why can't they score? Like, Florida, when they had a fear, they just, their offense couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Miami's offense can't do any. Like, how are these Florida teams so bad on offense? To me, it seems impossible, but uh, it's, yeah, we got a few games coming up. Yeah, interesting. And I'm glad there's like a game every day. So that's good, good bowl game scheduling here. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so the best moment from week 17 in the NFL was just fantastic. Um, in this, Did you watch the Seattle-San Francisco game at, at any of it? I saw like the last five minutes. Was, like, could Seattle not shit the bed anymore than what they did? I mean... 
and San Francisco too. Like this was, this was a uh, a bed shitting of epic proportions on both sides. The delay a game, and they were two feet short of scoring a touchdown. Yep. Um. So. So. Like Seattle, they had a lot of injuries, but. I give them a chance to, to make a run here. I don't give the Vikings a chance. I don't give the Eagles a chance. I give everybody else a chance. I think that's fair. I, here's the thing with the Vikings, though. When they're on, they are on. Um, why they couldn't be on against Green Bay, I don't know. And I'm watching this. They don't. I, they've been, I'm sorry. Said, you know, Vikings are... are they are. They can play with San Francisco and New Orleans. Yep. But when they're bad, they lose to the Bears and they lose to the Chiefs without Mahomes and all that. But re- I mean, really? It, I was looking back. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at the last two years. They haven't beaten anybody. They've beaten the Eagles twice. They've beaten the last two years. Mm-hmm. The only team that's the only team they've beaten that's over 500. Like, I have yet to see this team. When they're good, yeah, when they're good, they're beating up on these teams that are not so good. Beating up on the Chargers and whoever else. And the Lions. Mm-hmm. Like, they beat the Saints twice. They beat the Saints twice. Early on in the year. And the same thing, they were a good team. Yep. I... I... Who who they beat? No, they they've not been. They've almost beaten Seattle. They've almost beaten Green Bay. They they've not beaten these teams. But, but so that's I don't see how they can be competitive with these teams. Well, that's but they are competitive with them. They just haven't gotten over the hump and gotten it done. I mean, you look at the 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 largest defeat they had this year was thirteen points. If you look at the other defeats that they had, first you know the loss of the Packers five points, the loss at the Bears ten points. And then you look at uh, the the Chiefs game, three points. The uh, the Seahawks game, yeah. seven points. Uh, but they play so close, but they play so bad. Yeah, they can't score against the Packers. Yep, they can't score against the Bears. They can't stop Seattle. But again, okay, so the Packers game. They didn't have Dalvin. They didn't have Alexander Madison. I think even if Madison plays, I think that's an entirely different game. When you're down to your third string running back. And, offensive line. Good. Oh, yeah. The offensive line was atrocious in that game. And I don't understand why Kevin Stefanski doesn't. I don't understand why the Vikings don't call a ton of screen passes every game. Because no one can stop them. They just there were Quarterback didn't play well. I mean, that, that, was probably, that was probably the worst offensive game I've seen them play in years. That's even counting these Bears games. Yeah. Like they, quarterback had 120 yards. They were out game by, what, 250. Like, Jesus Christ. And the yeah. game was right there for the taking. It was. Absolutely. I'm and not... it turns out, turns out if they would have won, they'd be playing, it'd be the five seed. Kind of what they, what they wanted. Yep. And... I mean, so you're watching this Week 17 action, and you see the Lions up on the Packers, and it's like, oh my God, you know, the Vikings, if they had beaten the Packers last week, they could 
have the the three seed. And I'm and I'm watching this. You know, Aaron Rodgers comes back. There, there's a bad false start that was missed, and you know, of course, it seems like the Packers always get those calls. Um, and then then I'm watching the the 49ers Seahawks game, and I'm trying to think like, okay, well. Do I want the Saints to win or do I want or do I want the Seahawks to win or do I want the 49ers to win? Though I wanted the 49ers to win because I don't want the Packers to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs because that's very key for them. I don't think the Packers are a very good 13 and 3 team. Um I I just don't see the offense um I just don't see the offense doing uh, as well as they have in previous years. Watching that Monday night game and Aaron Rodgers just wasn't good. Right. I don't know what his deal is. They kept blaming the system. So you had this system all you were in week sixteen. So like I understand you knew the other playbook and you had the same coach for ten years, but this is not like your first or second game. It's just this is week sixteen. Like we don't know what the plays are, we don't know where the guys are gonna be yet. I mean so I don't buy that as an excuse. So, yeah, I don't know what it was. Nobody could beat him this year. Right. And, I mean, second round of playoffs looking good. Yeah, I mean, so... Hopefully, I mean, Seattle, San Francisco, their first games have been great. Mm-hmm. So that Seattle game was fantastic. Um, you know, Seattle... He gets a ball. They get first and goal at the one with like under with under a minute to go. They're gonna beat the 49ers, and then oh man, the you know, the the Vikings are gonna play. Uh, they would have played New Orleans. No, who would they have played? They would have played Seattle. They would have played Seattle. Yeah, they would, they, much preferred playing Seattle. Right, because you know Seattle with their injuries and stuff, it just it would be I think a little easier than New Orleans. Um, but then Seattle gets a delay a game, and then they it's fourth down, and Wilson finds Jacob Hollister, the Seahawks tight end, and he gets stopped inches shy of the goal line. There's a fumble in. So, it, so San Francisco wins this game by inches. And I just left like, I mean, you could not ask for a better finish to cap off the 100th, uh, the end of the regular season in the NFL's 100th year. You just couldn't. There, there's so much there. You know, beast mode comes back, Marshawn Lynch and stuff. So, I mean, fantastic stuff there. Um, so, so that happens. But the best thing that happened in Week 17 and maybe the whole NFL season is this call by the great, the, the GOAT, the, the man who called the Black Cat game uh, between the Cowboys and the Giants in metal, uh, in the Meadowlands. It is Kevin Harlan. Here he is calling not only the, uh, the, the Chiefs-Chargers game, which he was in Arrowhead to do, but also the final play, uh, the final drive of the Dolphins, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to... Um, to, to Matt Gusecki. Here it is in real time. Maybe. He's calling two games at once. Yes, he is. You know, this was working here just a second ago. Okay. He's very excited. What? I don't know if you can hear this here. 
down Miami. The Dolphins have just scored. Kosicki, the tight end, got a laser in the I can't hear it. You can't hear it. Oh. Well, I'll play it here at the end. Uh, I mean, it's it's the best thing. I mean, it would it, be nice to have him be the number one guy. Yeah. Again, he looks like my dentist growing up um, yes. in Marshall. Yeah. Uh, but he is the man. He's calling both. And, Ke- and um, you know, Tom, Rich Gannon, who's the, play, or who's the color analyst um, with Kevin Harlan, says, which game are you calling? And Kevin Harlan says, I'm calling both of them. I just, I mean, it, it's so good. So I'll, I'll get that here so we can play it at the end. But fantastic stuff there by Kevin Harlan. So that was the best. He, he's like a much better version of Paul Allen. Yes. Yes. He was, with, with the Timberwolves, and then he got out and he became a national guy. And... Hello? Hello? Yes, yep, I can hear you now. So, yeah, he, he's the best thing. They, uh, they get, they get hopefully, hopefully one playoff game for him. Yes, well, he, he won't. They'll have the bird and the beard. Uh, Ian Eagle uh-huh. and... Well, that sucks. And Dan Fowler. Yeah, Kevin Harlan's not one of the top two teams on CBS, so... Well, that's a disappointment. It is, it is, but... Um, Yes. Especially the other two are. Northern Virginia just lost this game, so. Woo! Thirty-eight more points for me. So, so there's that. Um, that was great. So as we look ahead to the to the playoffs here, NFL Wild Card. Uh, surprise, surprise! The Houston Texans are on ESPN on Saturday, uh, 4:35 p.m. Eastern, 3:35 p.m. Central Time, on ESPN and ABC. They're the four seed. They host the Buffalo Bills, the five seed. I think the Texans will win, but I'm not fully confident in that. Uh, the Bills are playing really good right now. Defense is fantastic. Who do you like in this one? Houston. If the quarterback can do, I don't know. Can this quarterback win Hello? Houston, yep. Houston, yes. Houston's a three-point favorite. Can. Yeah. Can that defense be good enough to uh, like make a difference in where the court to kind of negate the quarterback? Mm-hmm. And this this game's coming down in the final five minutes here. The spread, the big question, very uh, very tight game here. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Houston. The then I mean the Patriots so. You know, the, as Kevin Harlan's calling this, Matt Gusecki, the tight end for the Dolphins, the touch, uh, the touchdown catch from Ryan Fitzpatrick. That, that you know, the Dolphins beat surprisingly. I mean, this was the I think arguably the biggest upset of the year. They beat the New England Patriots in Foxborough, and combine that with the Chiefs' win. The Chiefs miraculously have the two seed and the bye. The Patriots are playing on the on Wild Card Weekend for the first time since 2010. They are the three seed. They are hosting the six seed Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, NFL rushing champion. Um, I mean, Mike Vrabel knows Bill Belichick well. I could see the Titans winning this game. I will pick the. I will give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt, but I will not be surprised if Tennessee 
comes away victorious on Saturday night. Uh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I would be stunned. Um, apparently Ryan Tannehill is good now. He is. He's very good. So that's, that's weird. Uh, the worst Patriots team in all, apparently. Um, I still think they can beat Tennessee, I would hope. Mm-hmm. So... Win it all in the playoff game. You're going to get them. Beat them. Yep. Beat them at all. Yep. The toughest, the toughest man, the toughest place to play on God's green earth, Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think if the the Patriots, if they beat the Titans, they're not going to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in this division round. They're just not. They couldn't beat them in Foxborough. They aren't going to beat them this year. And I think we're beginning to see the end of the the dynasty that is the New England Patriots. Because I think Tom Brady, this may be his last game in a Patriots uniform. But where we do I keep hearing this? Like, why would you go anywhere, and where would he want to go? Well, okay, this is the last year of his contract, so who says... I know, all of of these rumors of his house is for sale, and Rainer's house is for sale, and he doesn't have a contract for next year. All of it, like, he hasn't been good this year. Like, for him, why would he... I could understand New England saying, all right, we've gotten all we've gotten out of him. Mm -hmm. We've got 20 pretty good, 20 good years out of him. He's starting to show his age. He's 40, 40. Reasonable to want to move on. Mm-hmm. If you're him, I mean, it, what, the Chargers or some stupid shit like this? It's I, like, what? If you're the Chargers, why would you want him? Well, because you need to put butts in the seats in the, your new stadium that you're a tenant of. I don't... I mean, Philip Rivers isn't going to do that. The Chargers will move on from Philip Rivers and. Like, where where is Tom Brady going? Elvin, I don't know. Possibly the Chargers. Maybe he'll just retire. He's not. He's not playing up to par uh, to up to his standard this year, and he'll he be good the, enough to what go up twelve and four. they went. Well, I think that's the, the defense is in large. That's a, the the defense is the main reason for that, though. It's not the offense. I mean, you, if you want for him. If you're gonna play, stay where you're at. That doesn't seem to have worked well for a while. All I'm gonna all I'm gonna stay say is Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Tom Brady. Two of the three quarterbacks will not be in the league next year. At least two of Manning the three. Because he's terrible. Phillip Rivers is fine. Tom Brady's still okay. Two of those three won't be in the league. Two of the three, at least two of the three, won't be in the league next year. So you fill up Rivers, he'll be around, don't you think? Not with the Chargers. Somebody will want him. But as a starting quarterback? Oh, yeah. Who? I, I just don't know. I don't know who that would be. The Bears. The Bears could use any quarterback. Well, that's true. That That's very true. The Washington Redskins. They have Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum and Alex Smith. Yeah, that's that's a bunch of garbage. We'll see what the what the rookie does, but Jesus. Carolina Panthers. Well, he did go to, to to school at NC State, but why would you move on from Cam Newton? Yeah. Because he's hurt. 
Well, Philip Rivers is old. What does that hurt? Great. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. There's a few teams out there. Cincinnati could maybe use the guy for a year. No, 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 no. You got and Andy I'm not, Dalton. I'm not playing Mr. Heisman right away here. No, but I you have Andy at, Dalton. Look at his stats here this year. I mean, I have a few more interceptions. 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. That's a good play. I think 15 of those interceptions came against the Vikings a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, you know, he's 38. He's a lot worse than Pope or everything. I mean, a lot of close games, that's freaking... I mean, they were twelve and four last year. Twelve and four last year. Uh, Sunday's NFC wild card games: the Seahawks, the five seed at the Eagles, the four seed, four forty p.m. Eastern, three forty p.m. Central Time on NBC. I mean, the Eagles are so beat up right now. I don't have a lot of faith in Seattle, but I'll take the Seahawks to win. Not by a lot, though. Uh, who do you like in that one? Like they've got Russell Wilson, and he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit more than any player they have ever seen. Mm-hmm. you got him, you've got a chance. I think they've got a chance to make a run because I think they can beat Philadelphia. And then they would play uh, the 49ers, and obviously they could they can, they can beat them. They, they did it once, and they almost did it twice. So if you're San Francisco, that's probably the last team you want to see. It's Seattle, again. Right. It was very closely contested. And then you get to the NFC Championship game, and then and you see what happens. But I think Seattle can at least make it, be a legitimate contender to make it to, a, to the title game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then that leaves us with the, the first game on Sunday, the six-seeded Vikings at the three-seed New Orleans Saints, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, 12.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I do not see Minneapolis Miracle 2.0 happening here. Um, I just feel like the Vikings have been so good all year, and it's all for naught. They're going to get steamrolled by the Saints. Saints are right now an eight-point favorite. I do think the Vikings can compete with them for a while, but who knows if this defense is going to be good. They did treat Week 17 as a bye week, so that's good to get guys like Kendricks and Barr healthy, you know, feeling, see if he can get a little more healthy. Um... I'd love to say that the Vikings can pull off the upset. I think they can. I don't think they will. And it it, it pains me to say it. Um, it, it. It really does. I just hate I hate thinking that this team, that this season is going to go by the wayside. And I don't think it's going to be because of Kirk Cousins. I think it's going to be the defense and their inability to stop Michael Thomas and force Drew Brees into any turnovers. I think defense has done well here for the last months, I think, uh, after the Seattle game. They've been good. They've played well. There's no reason why they shouldn't be competitive. But, like, the, court, the quarterback's got to play well. He has yet to play well in a big game. Mm-hmm. He played well against Philadelphia, although it turned out Philadelphia's not very good. They beat Dallas. It turned out Dallas not very good. And, you know, I saw that tweet that said, you know, the Vikings, they can't compete with the best. That's just, no, that's just not true. They can't, they can't beat anybody. Mm-hmm. They can't beat anybody that matters. They haven't beat anybody in two years that matters. I can't, rem- I can't remember the last time they played well in a big game. 
I do. I just can't. Saints in the playoffs two years ago. That was for one half. And that should have been a loss. Mm-hmm. I just this is a team that does not and has not beat good teams. It's hard to beat good teams. And what they they've won what two? I see. I I saw them beat the Giants twenty years ago on the road, or so twenty twenty two years ago. I saw them beat the Packers on the road in '04. What are they two and sixteen on the road in the playoffs in the last however many games? Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It's, they play the game. Sometimes they make the playoffs. Sometimes they don't. And I don't know. I, they get, I, I mean, it's, it's something to watch during the fall. Yeah, like I, the TV show is on, and you watch it, and you're like, all right, they're a good team. They're not. It's like that with elite. any Minnesota sports team, though. Let's be real. Huh? It's like that with any Minnesota sports team. Let's be real. Mm. Like the Wild are never good enough. Like the Wild are never considered like the best. Like, there's been two seasons that we've seen in which the Vikings should have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's been two. However, it is, what is this? You know, like, normally it's an 11 year run here, so the Vikings. Next year is the year. Okay. 2020. But it would be 2020 when the playoffs begin. No, no, no. 2020 season. It was the 09 season. True, true. It was the 98 season. It was the 87 season. I think 76 season was the last Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So this is is the trend. Hopefully it continues. But it's, I don't know. I've, I've lost my passion for this team years ago, which is sad. If they would have won it two years ago, that would have been nice. To if think... they ever win it, if they ever win one, that'll be nice. But I think it will not it will not mean as much as if they would have won it, whether ninety eight or oh nine or any year mm-hmm. in between. To think if Julio Jones had just caught that pass against the Eagles uh two years ago, the Vikings would have hosted the oh. NFC championship game, probably would have hosted the Super Bowl. I mean, they... they Anderson would have made a kick. Yep. Dennis Green would have taken, uh, would not have a, taken knee. a knee. Yeah. At the end of the, the, end of the fourth quarter. Shithead far of one of own interceptions. Yep. A lot yep. of things. Stupid ass. Blair Walsh would have missed a kick. Right. Right. Maybe, uh, what, they would have played Arizona. Maybe you beat Arizona. Yep. I don't think they were probably beating Carolina that year, but... All of these things that happen. It seems like if it's not a heartbreaking loss, then it's a freaking five touchdown catastrophe. Yep. So, yep. we'll see what happens. I don't know. So. Very true. All right, my friend. Yes. And do you have anything else before we say so long for 2019 and uh, into the new year? I follow this new Twitter account. It's like bad uh, referee calls, which I'm. Very, uh, I like this Twitter account very much. Just followed it today. It's bad sports refs. Bad sports refs, and there's obviously multiple tweets every single day on this thing. Is John Tortorella uh, on there, the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach? No, probably not. No. Oh. Um, there was the, the penalty on what? Clinton Dix. Funny, funny Clinton Dix. Like, I was out of penalty. Right. He, his shoulder hit the man 
not this helmet. I think they even looked at it. And there was a, a pass interference on San Francisco on the, one of the last plays, and that was pretty clearly pass interference, and they got that wrong. They didn't even review that. The false start <clears> on Green Bay on their first touchdown pass against the Lions. Yeah, that was bad. I think that's on here, too. And there's, I mean, there was a, a very bad face mask late in the game on Joe Burke where his head got ripped off. Hey, they didn't pull that. I don't know what Joe Burrow was doing in the game as late as he was. That was a bit uh, ridiculous. What what is this uh what is this uh Twitter account called? Bad Sports Refs. And is whenever there's a bad call they the, the the one that they've got pinned up there is from November tenth, Kenny Galladay of the Lions. Catches a pass this year against the Bears. Catches the ball late in the game. Uh-huh. Goes and Oh, yes, yes. The referee just says, yeah, yeah, and just keeps it like that. Because there's a more random thing in in life than just where the ball's spotted. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, he catches the ball, then he spots it two yards ahead, and the referee just leaves it there. Like, like the players are spotting the ball now wherever they want. And that, that play happened, and they just went with it. Yep. There was a play in the Western Kentucky game today. Quarterback sneak on fourth and one. Quarterback was a good half yard short. They called it a first down. They reviewed it and they said, no, he didn't get it. It's like, Jesus Christ, we're just guessing at this point. We are just guessing. So, bad, I mean, just horrendous. And I know it's a difficult job. Like, but there's a couple of NBA plays on here where, like, there's literally no contact. Mm-hmm. There's foul. There was a, Play today, Illinois and Cal in the Red Box Bowl. Same thing as the Vikings. Illinois player hit him with the shoulder. I called him for targeting. He was ejected. Look out to play. His helmet never gets within. His helmet is, is nowhere near. This. Again, these are calls where you see him like, yeah, this is very bad. So get these calls right, please. Oh, a fat guy is going to score for Virginia, and Virginia is going to cover the spread. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? 30, 40, 50, 57, 60, 63. Beautiful, beautiful. Virginia is going to lose this game by what? Eight points. What a deal. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. But Well, we will see what happens this week. Uh, the NFL did not include the Vikings in their pro, uh, the NFL. Their promotional video for the NFL playoffs. So we'll see if that uh, gives the Vikings any bulletin board material. And we'll chat next week about the end of the Vikings season. Uh, but I wish you a happy new year. And we will chat in 2020. Make sure your vision is still good in the new year. I think I'm like the only person at work who doesn't have glasses. No, there you go. So your vision is 2020. I don't know what it is, but it seems to be fine. So. Good, good 2020. There we go. Very good. Thank you, my we friend. It, we made it another decade. We did. We did. We did. That, amazingly enough. We'll see if we can last another decade. Yes, yeah, I mean, this is big for us, because our first show was January 18th, 2010. Yes. Yes, we are and approaching our, the decade here. Three weeks from now, we'll do a show and be 10 years of shows, or 11 years of shows, whatever the hell it is. It'll be 10. It'll be 10, and it'll be on, uh, we'll do it on your birthday. My birthday's on a Saturday. 
Well, okay, well, we'll do it on the the the, the, the Monday or Tuesday after. Okay. Close brought Monday too. Yes. All right. Very good, my friend. We'll talk to you in the new year. All right, I'll see you. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and efforts as always. So, yes, uh, I like the. I'll give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. I'll take them. I'll take the Texans. Prove me wrong, Buffalo. I'll take the Seahawks. I'll take the Saints. Prove me wrong, Vikings. Prove prove all of us wrong. Um, we, we don't want. We can't have the Vikings lose, right? We just can't. Um, but here it is. The, I mean, because we have to, we have to play this here. This is Kevin Harlan calling the game for CBS, and he's simultaneously giving you what's going on in the Patriots Dolphins game as the Dolphins take the lead. It's phenomenal stuff. Here it is. Check it out. And they're at the New England four-yard line, first and goal. 29 seconds left. Here, Butker kicks the extra point. And Fitzpatrick throws in the end zone. Touchdown, Miami! The Dolphins have just scored. Gasicki, the tight end, got a laser in the back of the end zone on a goal-to-go touchdown pass by Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to take a lead with 24 seconds to go. The extra point coming up for Miami, leading New England 26-24. to And the crowd now knows it. So there it is. Kevin Harlan is calling the Chiefs. He's in Innerhood calling Chiefs Chargers. Chiefs just scored a touchdown, and he's giving you play-by-play of the Dolphins. That was Rich Gannon saying, which game are you doing? I'm doing both of them. I mean, this is the guy who did the Black Cat at Meadowland, uh, MetLife Stadium. A couple of years. I mean, it's just phenomenal stuff. So that's the best of Week 17. Uh, plenty more college football bowl games to talk about here. Coming up next... Charlie Hildebrand uh, will be talking about the college football semifinals, and uh, we'll be previewing the rest of the bowl games here. Like I said, playoffs, NFL playoffs are here. Come on, Vikings. Let's win this game. You can find the, the Sports Block podcast available online on podcast.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. This will be into the new year, of course. Coming up next, though, Charlie Hildebrand talking college football bowl games and LSU and Clemson in the national championship game. Come on, Vikings. Let's beat the Saints here. It's a Sports Block podcast. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block podcast. 
the pre-New Year's edition, uh, New Year's Eve is coming up fast, New Year's Day, and unless you're listening to this podcast post-New Year's, then uh, then of course you're, we're already in 2020, but I'm speaking with my good friend and college football expert, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are you doing? How was your Christmas? Uh, it was pretty good. I had some fun. Uh, only one of my two sisters made it back, but it was still, it was good. Good, good. Hung out, ate a bunch of junk food, made goals to eat healthier in the new year that I'm sure I will break by day four of January, but. There you go. Uh, well, I'm glad you had a good Christmas. Let me be among the first to wish you a happy new year, if no one else has done so already. Thank you. Happy new year and Merry Christmas to you all. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the bowl games that we've seen. I, I don't know. Did you watch the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve? Because that was certainly one of the better bowl games we've seen so far. I watched a little bit of it. I stopped for something else. I don't remember what I was doing. We were doing something with my parents or sister or something. So I didn't see the end of it. I have since seen some of that. It was pretty good, but I unfortunately did not see all of that live. What has been your favorite bowl game so far outside of the Ohio State-Clemson semifinal? Mm, Well, that's what I was going to say, so I'm going to have to rethink because you took the one I was going to say. I think... uh, on Friday, I missed most of them because I was at work and then driving back from work and taking care of some other stuff. So I guess even though it did not have like an all-time great finish, it was just a fun and entertaining game for the most part. I think I would go with the uh, Penn State-Memphis Cotton Bowl. Sure. That was uh, pretty good. Lots of points, lots of scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if Penn State ran for like 380 yards in the game or something like that. What has been the... What has surprised you most of the from the bowl games thus far? Outside of anything playoff related, correct. I think I would go with. Um, it was one of the earlier ones where I was quite confident in uh, a team that would win, and they did not. I'm trying to think. Who U- it was. Utah State or SMU? Maybe SMU. I think it was an SMU that played uh, Florida Atlantic. They did. Yep. That's the one that I was most surprised about. But I thought SMU would come in and win by 10, and Ford Atlantic absolutely dominated them. That was quite surprising to me. In, in looking at a lot of these bull outcomes, I, like you, I thought SMU was going to win. I thought Utah State would handle Kent State fairly easily, and for whatever reason, Utah State's defense didn't even come to play. But then... You know, you see, like, you know, Texas A&M and Oklahoma State battle back and forth. Air Force just taking it to Washington State. I can't I watched more of that game. I think I almost watched the entire Air Force game just because I wanted to see if they could continually run it down Washington State's throat, and Washington State just couldn't stop it. That 20-play 98-yard or 99-yard drive, you know, to begin the game was sensational that air force game was one of the more surprising outcomes to me and then pitt holding off eastern one Michigan. i forgot about most surprising to me or actually two of them because one i don't remember who won did, did pitt or eastern michigan win pitt won pitt won but barely they won okay. by four they did not cover so that one since pitt was still one i'm not going to count that one the one that surprised me and it's not that Michigan State won but it's that Michigan State scored more than like 10 points yes. in the yep. bowl game I thought that that game was going to be like 9-6 to six, 
And then he tried scoring early. I don't, I don't think, I think I was at work, so I actually missed most of that, but was kind of following along with some stuff. But, and I, and I think there was much less scoring, like in the second half of the game, if I remember right. But Correct. I thought there was no way, no way Michigan State would get to 20 points in the game. Yeah. Like, if you could have given me any results, like the result, just win loss of any other game, and then said, oh, is Michigan State going to score 20 or more in this game? Mm-hmm. I would have bet perhaps an entire paycheck. But, like, no, there's no way Michigan State's getting <laughs> 20 points. So I'm glad I didn't do that. That's right. probably why I don't want to get involved in sports betting. I should not have taken USC over Iowa. Uh, and I think, given, you know, that Hayden Fry had uh, passed away and stuff, that was. Uh, certainly Iowa's playing a little motivated there. I think the, you know, I shouldn't have moved. I moved Utah State. Fair, I think you had USC and Iowa pretty well. Yes, like one point. One point, but I think I might have ch- it changed it uh, if I had remembered, you know, what Iowa was dealing with. And I switched Utah State at the last moment. That was a mistake. I switched them from 25 to 36 confidence points. Not a great uh, idea for me, but let's focus on the college football playoff games. We know the national championship. We won't break it down this week. We can break it down next week since there's a you know three month uh, period between the semifinals and right, the so championship next week's game. The, the preview. This is the recap of the semifinals. Correct. Yep. Um, I got to tell you, I mean LSU. It didn't surprise me that they threw it all over Oklahoma. But Joe Burrow throwing seven touchdowns and rushing for another, I, I mean, it's it's like you just it, you still don't expect an LSU quarterback to play that well, and he is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not surprised that LSU won or that they played really well on offense. I mean, I think anyone would have guessed that. But the way they were so efficient in the first half and I think could have been in the second half if they wanted to keep their foot to the metal or mm-hmm. you know, the pedal to the metal on the floor. It seems like they were kind of in a like I don't want to say like took plays off or anything, but just in like, okay, well let's, you know, kinda of get out of here because well they were up I think five touchdowns at halftime if I remember right. But I I was just stunned that they looked as good as they did. I mean this is coming from someone who was at the Miami-Nebraska-Rose Bowl national title game. I don't ever remember a big game in college football like a national title or semifinal game where one team just looks so great on off, like like looked as dominant as LSU did in the first half. It's where not, it was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, they can do whatever they want. And I mean, I, I thought Oklahoma would play better on offense than they did. I thought they played marginally better on defense than they did, but I, I didn't think LSU would play as well defensively, so that's a credit to them. And they were even, I mean, I, look, stacking, you and I probably both played video game football a lot in our lives before. Yep. I don't know how many years I've played college football video games. Yep. I've had games where I've had guys, you know, have eight touchdowns. I don't think I've ever had seven touchdowns and a half, though, with right. a quarterback, though. I mean, that's like, like, you've got to have everything working at 100% operating efficiency. Like against Arkansas or Rutgers to have that happen, and then to do it in a semifinal game against maybe not a team with a great defense, but at least a team with a good offense that they still shut down too. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think LSU was going to uh, lose or disappoint me or anything, but they played even better than I thought they would. Now LSU's defense has gotten better, you know, over the last month of the season, but I think yeah. the most surprising aspect of this game 
was that Jalen Hurts looked as bad as he did for Oklahoma. Like, LSU's defense has gotten better, but it's not Clemson level, or it's not like Mich- Michigan State level. Like, this is not as the best defense yeah, we've seen. this is not a vintage LSU defense. Right. And I think the other surprising thing is, you know, the last two years, Oklahoma had been in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, they've lost those games, too, but their offense – Looks really, really good. I, mean, I know. That, I think they struggled at times early against Alabama, but caught fire and I think lost by eleven or something like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, Baker Mayfield against Georgia. You know, I mean, he scored forty or fifty or whatever on him. So great they, game. The ball. Yep. And I think I don't remember. If, I think Oklahoma ended up with twenty-eight, but obviously a lot of that in the second half. What it, almost all of those, other than their first touchdown, was actually the game had already been decided. Yep. I'm uh, stunned that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm almost equally as stunned at how well they just stonewalled Oklahoma's offense, especially in the first half. They, uh, you know, there, there have been many good SEC teams in the last 15 years, and I'm not saying LSU is the best of all of them, but just in terms of a single game against another good team out of conference, I don't remember one like this off the top of my head. We're just right away. You're just like, oh, oh, this game's over already. And just even watching, or you know. Watching that game and, and following along and stuff, you you just get the sense that, or I got the sense that, regardless of who won, Clemson or Ohio State, it just seems like everything is working extremely well for LSU, that it doesn't matter who they face, they're going to win. That's how I feel watching this team. I don't know if I agree in terms of if they're going to be Clemson necessarily. I mean, we'll get to that next week. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I mean, I think the way, the way they're playing, it would be... It'd be tough to pick against them against anybody. I mean, I'm not a prog- I'm not a gambling prognosticator, but I don't think there's any. I think I would have LSU favored against anybody else in college football. Now, now some might only be by like three or four points, but you know, I don't think there'd be anyone that I would say. Nah, I, I think the other team's going to be LSU. And LSU will play Clemson, so it'll be a battle of the Tigers for the national championship game. Clemson and Ohio State play. I would say one of the one of the best college football playoff games since the playoff happened that we've seen. Uh, uh, there was some point in time, Krenz and I talked about this. I think there have only been three good semifinal games, and they've been uh, Alabama, Ohio State, the first year of the playoffs, then the Georgia-Oklahoma one that I think was two years ago now, and then the one last night. And, and now, some of the other ones, I guess, haven't been like truly terrible, but those are the only three that have been good. And man, it was good yesterday. I mean, what Ohio's now? Ohio State probably should have put this game away early because Clemson yet again didn't show up in the first half. They just couldn't get anything going for much of the first half, and yet Ohio State midway through the second quarter only has a sixteen nothing lead. They kept getting into the red zone. You know, Dobbins had a, a couple of massive runs, but they settled for field goals. And you just wondered when Clemson would start catching fire, like. You know, was, would Ohio State be in trouble? And you know, Trevor, you know, the, the ETN with that nice uh, run there to get Clemson on the board. You know, getting past a few defenders, and I mean, he made that first t- touchdown happen inside the ten. And then Trevor Lawrence with the sixty-five yard touchdown run. Uh, he played great. I don't think we've ever seen Trevor Lawrence run as well as he did in that in that game against Ohio State. No, I mean, he's never had to run before. I mean, at least not that much. And, you know, when he needed to do something, he did. I mean, 
And I think there were a few interesting kind of, you know, sliding doors moments where, you know, who knows which way the game could have gone. Certainly the first one in the uh, the second quarter, that targeting penalty on the Ohio State defensive back when he sacked the Lawrence. Yep. If they don't call, and I'm not saying I don't want to get into whether it was targeting or not, but if they don't call targeting, it's fourth and 15 or whatever, and Clemson punts it. I don't want to say that that definitively means that Ohio State wins and Clemson loses. Mm-hmm. But I think it's much less likely Clemson wins in that case. Yep. And then the other one was the uh, Ohio State not going for it on fourth and two with three minutes left or whatever and deciding to punt it. Now, if there were like 30 seconds left, I'd say, yeah, go ahead and punt it and make them drive, you know, 90 yards in 30 seconds to try to get a field goal to tie you. But with three minutes left, and it, you know, it only took Clemson four plays to score. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I would imagine that that's one that Ryan Day and much of the Ohio State staff would want back, thinking, you know, if we get a first down on this play, I don't know if it's truly over over, because I think Clemson did still have two timeouts left, but they would be in burning timeouts, and then, you know, you're running plays, and then you're at least burning another minute off the clock or whatever and, yeah, and you probably get field goal range too and it changes the dynamic of the game but, but yeah. yeah and it was a it was a great game that could come down to a lot of different things and ultimately Clemson won and keeps their I don't remember how many games that is in a 27 I believe like 28 or 20, 27 or 29 I think is what it is yeah now and you brought up the point regarding the targeting penalty against Lawrence, and there are a lot of people out there that were saying that you know Ohio State was getting jobbed by the refs, and that this you know this was looking bad. But Ohio State again, they left points on a, on the table multiple times. But Ryan Day after the game, uh, he was talking with I believe it was um, either Maria Taylor or Tom Rinaldi, and he was fuming at I believe you know the the officiating but he didn't really want to get into it a whole lot but you could tell that there were a lot of things out there that he was not very happy with and I think a lot of Columbus and a lot of Buckeyes fans around the nation feel the same way right or wrong do you think that Ohio State did get jobbed in this game I don't know if I'd want to say they get jobbed. I mean, I think there were a few more big calls that went against them than went for them, but that happens. And I mean, ultimately, when you're playing the defending national champs on a neutral site and they've got almost a 30-game win streak, you can't expect the refs to help you out. You have to go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And they have their chances to do it. I mean, you get a first down, uh, you know, on the third and whatever. They didn't. They didn't go for it on fourth down. They punted. And then you've got one of the best defenses in the country, you know, you've got 95 yards at your back to stop them. And it only took Clemson four plays to score. I mean, so, I mean, like at the end of the day, there were, there were a few calls that, you know, I guess I forgot about the, whether it was a completion or a fumble or an incomplete pass that Ohio State returned. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, they, you know, the, so the pass to Ross. That, yep. that play and then whether it was targeting or not. And I think there was also, after the targeting, there was a pass interference call that maybe was a little iffy. But, but the bottom line is they had two prime opportunities to win. They didn't get a first down, and they didn't get a stop, despite having probably the best defensive player in the country. You know, if you, if you want to win, you got especially against a team like Clemson or Alabama, the way LSU had to do it early in the year, like, you got to go out and get it. You can't just be like, well, you know, we're up. They're probably going to fold now. Like, you literally have to, you know, you got to have the mentality that you're walking into the lion's den with the knife and you're going to carve their heart out. Yep. 
I think Ohio State had that for a while, but it kind of went away a little bit, and it ultimately cost them. Absolutely. And it's and probably something they'll remember all offseason, too. I will just say this. I think Ohio State is going to be a playoff team next year. They might be my national champion favorites next year with Fields coming back. I don't know if Dobbins will. I doubt he would. But this team is loaded, and they are only going to keep getting better. I would preseason have them in. The only thing I would say is you never know how team chemistry works from year to year. There was yep. that 2014 Ohio State team that won the national title. Mm-hmm. Brought everyone back. It should have been better, but for whatever reason, the pieces just didn't quite click the next year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens. But, yeah, I mean, as of right now, and I, mean, and I don't know how old all of their players are. I, mean, I think it's safe to say Chase Young's not going to come back. Right, yep. But, but I, I, as of now, would be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have them winning the Big Ten next year and get back to the playoff. Yep, without question, without question. Let's make some picks for uh, the bowl games this week here. Uh, we start with the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Western Kentucky at 8-4 and four against Western Michigan, 7-5. and five. Uh, Charlie, what do you, uh, who do you have in this game? And uh, if you want to do the confidence points, uh, by, by all means, go ahead. I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. I don't remember what I put in our uh, Pick'em game for ESPN, which uh, I'm going to do my own horn. That Occasionally I come up with names I feel pretty good about. I like my team name. It's uh, yes. G.I. Joe Burrow, but yep. Joe Burrow spelled with the, uh, the Cajun E-A-U or E-A-U-X for the Ozone. Yes. I don't remember what I put specifically, but I'm, like right now I would say Western Kentucky for, I don't know, like 11. Not super high confidence. I have Western Kentucky and I have them for high 20s. Uh, I don't know. I just I have a good feeling about it, but uh, we'll see if it happens. You're right. G.I. Joe Burrow is. A lot of times Mac teams lose. I mean, it's not like the Mac is one of the best group of five guys. So. Right. Uh, so that's at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on ESPN on Monday. On Also on Monday, with you know another of the four bowl games. 6-6 six and six Mississippi State against 7-5 and five Louisville in the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, who do you like? I'm going to go Louisville just for the fact that Mississippi State has not been very good this year, and I get that Louisville wasn't great either. Actually, you know what? I'm changing my mind. I'm backtracking. I'm going Mississippi State. Because even though I don't think Mississippi State's very good, at least outside of Clemson, which Louisville has played, they've played more good teams than that. I don't know. They'll do the old-fashioned, we're going to make this a gross SEC bowl game, and we're going to win 21-9. to I, I don't have much faith in this game either. I'm taking Louisville, and I am... I don't really know why. Uh, low single digits. I think I have three confidence points there on Louisville. So not yeah, much at all. Low confidence for me, too. That's uh, evidence why I'm switching my mind halfway towards my pick. Right. How about the Red Box Bowl? 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on Fox. 7-5 and five Cal against 6-6 six and six Illinois. Almost a home game for Cal. Who do you like in this one? I think I'm going to – you know what? Actually, I should change my mind. I'm going to go with Illinois. It's been a while since Illinois has been to a bowl game. I think Illinois is going to be excited to be there. I don't remember if Cal went to one last year or not, but I know if they didn't last year, they I were don't. there the year before. They did not, and as I far think, as I recall. Okay, but they've still been to one more recently, but I think it'll yep. be more ho-hum for them. Where I'm trying to think, I don't know if Illinois has been to one. In like, I think it was like five years ago that they were in one last, so I think it will be a uh, 
a Super Bowl-esque moment for Illinois where this is the biggest and most exciting game they've played in for a while and they'll win, I don't know, a sort of close game. I, I would give Illinois for, like, teens confidence. I take Cal and I t- put him for at twenty. I might adjust this. I don't know. That's a. It's it, this is another toss up game. I don't really have a good. Uh, I don't really have a good feeling on either team. But when you lose to Northwestern as badly as Illinois did, uh, I, I just don't think I can pick you. I just don't. I no, it's understandable. I mean, as we've seen so far this bowl season, it is so difficult to judge like who's going to be excited and want to play there and who is not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, then the Capital One Orange Bowl, number nine Florida against number twenty-four Virginia. Florida's ten and two, Virginia nine and four. Eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central Time on ESPN. This is also on Monday. Charlie, who do you like in the Orange Bowl? I like Florida for a very high amount of confidence. I think this will be like the uh, the nineties Steve Spurrier teams when they weren't playing like Florida State or Miami in bowl games when they were playing, you know. Oh, um, like Big Ten or ACC teams, and just being like, "Yeah, let's see if we can score fifty in a whole game. This would be fun." Like, I, I think Florida might win this game. Like, I, I'm not not as bad as LSU over Oklahoma, but I, I think this could be like thirty-eight to ten. Yeah, uh, Virgin- the ACC stinks outside of Clemson. Florida will re- win this game uh, by a lot. I have them high thirties uh, to beat uh, Virginia. Then on Tuesday, New Year's Eve, five bowl games. Uh, we start with the Belk Bowl, the last ever Belk Bowl, for, at least that we know for now. Hashtag teardrop. It is. Uh, Marcus Traxler is very, very sad about this. In fact, he's the Belk Bowl uh, pallbearer. Uh, so we we certainly sympathize with Marcus and Gosh, these difficult that's, times. That was, that, that was his uh, that, the, his name on the ESPN. Yes, right? yes. I forgot about that. That was the one that I – I mean, there's a lot of good ones. That was the one that I thought was the best uh, of all of them. It is certainly very good. Uh, it, it, Virginia, my Hokies, eight and four. Virginia Tech against seven and five. Kentucky, noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, I'm going to take the Hokies, but with two confidence points because this game just spells, just smells, it reeks of ugliness and stinkiness. I don't. I'm taking Virginia Tech, but not with a lot of confidence. I am also going with Virginia Tech with not a super amount of confidence. Some of it is me not being fair to Kentucky. I know they were good last year and beat Penn State in the bowl game, but I am just so used to certain teams being good or not good and got much football that it's very difficult for me to ever take Kentucky seriously. The, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. It's not Hyundai. It's not Frosted Flakes. It's not Kellogg's. It's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. It used to be the Brute Sun Bowl, also. I yes. Go back to Brute sponsoring it. Yes. Uh, so I'm guessing all the players will get a big giant box of Frosted Flakes uh, as their uh, prize or whatever. Uh, but six and six Florida State against seven and five Arizona State. This is at two p.m. Eastern, one p.m. Central Time on CBS. Who do you like? This one's tough. I think I've mentioned this before when before we or the last time we did this that there's times that we just don't know about things where like guys at bowl games like this that aren't, you know, super, super prestigious ones are just like, Hey, yeah, I was out with boosters drinking till five in the morning. I had to play a game at eleven or whatever. And it seems like that's something that Arizona State players would do. 
I mean, I don't want to judge too much, and I'm not saying that they will, but I don't think we'd be stunned to hear something like that happen. Are you saying that one of the biggest party schools in the country <laughs> would bring that party-like atmosphere to El Paso, Texas? Yeah, we'll do that when there's boosters walking around flashing 50s and $100 bills left and right, yeah. But at the same time, I also saw Florida State play a couple times don't think they're very good, and they're sort of... You know, Norvell, even though they've got Mike Norvell, he's not coaching this game. So I'm, I'm going to go with Arizona State and a, a uh, uh, Herm Edwards special where, you know, he invokes the Jets days of his head coaching. And, you know, I don't know. Does I'm trying to think of like a late 90s, early 2000s NFL coach thing where he's like, it's a super low-scoring, gross game, and he goes for a fake punt on fourth and five at midfield to seal it a few minutes left. And, Arizona State wins seventeen to thirteen. I love the freshman quarterback for Arizona State, Daniels. Uh, I think Arizona State is going to be one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the Pac-12 next year. So I like Arizona State, and I like the Pac-12 them. as a whole, or just to be the South representative for the Pac-12. The South for sure, and maybe the whole entire Pac-12. I think I can get behind the South part. I don't know about the Pac-12 as a whole. But also, well, I mean, I guess I don't know who else you could pick on the sides. You know, Stanford was bad. Washington lost their head coach, and Oregon's going to lose their quarterback. So I guess yep. it's Oregon and Arizona State next year. Maybe, yeah, Oregon State. Well, I don't watch out for them. But uh, I think they're losing their quarterback and wide receiver, so that's not great for Oregon State. I just like Arizona State, and I like this game uh, against Florida State. Mid uh, Low 30s. Low 30s we're picking Arizona State for. The... AutoZone Liberty Bowl, number 23-ranked Navy, 10-2 against 8-4 Kansas State, 3.45 p.m. Eastern, 2.45 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, who do you like in this one? I think Kansas State for, like, mid-20s. I think it's – well, I think we talked about this before. With the triple option, it's tough to guess what's going to happen. But if you truly spend time preparing for it and do things well, you can – you can stop it if you've got the right dudes. And, you know, certainly I don't think Kansas State has, like, a freaky athletic defense. But, but you know, as a coach, he's won a lot before in the past. And I would imagine we'll have uh, – I don't want to name him or name what school he's won. Yeah. <laughs> coach Kleiman's I think we'll have them – like, I don't think they're going to completely shut him down and, like, shut him out or anything. But I think they're going to hold Navy to, like, 14 or 17 points in a game that Kansas State will be like, yeah, we're okay playing in this game. Okay, State wins, let's say, like 28-17. I like Navy in this one. I like the the triple option. Washington State couldn't stop Air Force's triple option attack. I think Navy's going to be able to do that against Coach Kleiman and Kansas State. Uh, It will be close. It will be a lower scoring game than what we normally see, but ball control will be key. I like Navy uh, upper 20s in this one. To take down Kansas State. How, ugh, this is an ugly one. The Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. 7-5 Wyoming against 7-5 Georgia State. at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on the CBS Sports Network. So you know it's a bad bowl game when CBS Sports Network gets it. Uh, who do you like in this one? I'm going to go with Georgia State. I picked one North Dakota State coach to win. I can't pick them both. So that's a <laughs> I'm taking Wyoming to lose. I am taking Wyoming high 20s again on this one. Um, I think I'm going a little. I'm going a little extreme here with some of these, but I just think Wyoming too good, and they will come away with the win. And then the Valero Alamo Bowl, 
Number 11, Utah, 11-2 against 7-5 Texas, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Who do you like in this one? This one's interesting because there's a few different things going on here. One is that Utah is almost always great in bowl games under Kyle Whittingham. He took over in, uh, I think, 2005. I think it's been there since 05 after Urban Meyer left. Mm -hmm. And they've only lost like one or two bowl games in that time frame that they are fantastic with time to prepare. But at the same time, other than perhaps maybe Alabama, I don't think anyone's probably going to just be like, no, man, I thought we were going to be in this great bowl game, and we fell all the way to this bowl now. I don't know how excited we are to play. So against my better judgment, I'm going to go with Texas to win against a very listless and unexcited Utah team but for quite low confidence points. I agree with you wholeheartedly regarding the motivation factor for Utah. Like, oh, yeah, we we had a chance to be in the college football playoff where we would have gotten smoked by LSU. And, and maybe they can take some solace in that. Like, well, at least, you know, we wouldn't have gotten our you know asses kicked by LSU. We actually have a chance against Texas because Texas is terrible. Uh, well, let I'm going to take Utah. I'm going to take them low 20s. Um, I just... I think you know Texas has been terrible. Utah's defense good. Special teams. I like Utah, assuming they're Utah motivated. The, if Utah brings their B minus game, I think they definitely win. Yes, but I think they're going to bring like their their C or like their C game, and like I don't think Texas is going to blow them out. But I think it's just going to be uh, like, yep, neither defense can stop anyone, and we're just kind of running around through the motions right here, right now on offense. Yep. Uh, then January 1st, New Year's Day, uh, four bowl games, beginning with the Outback Bowl, number 18, Minnesota against number 12, Auburn, Minnesota 10-2, and two, Auburn 9-3. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern, or, uh, yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on ESPN. Who do you like in this one? I would like to pick Minnesota to win. I think one of the things going against them, if I remember right, I think Minnesota's offensive coordinator's leaving for Penn State. He is, which yes. Which is not very often you see a coach leave for like not get fired and rehired but just leave for another team in the conference so that's kind of uh, interesting I think that yep. probably will play some role in it and I think I think that I think Minnesota could win I don't, I don't think Auburn's going to blow them out like last year Auburn beat Purdue like 63 to 10 yeah but I think this is probably going to be kind of like you know, a stereotypical Big Ten SEC game that's in, you know, the low 20s and is fairly entertaining to watch. It's a little bland at times, but I think with without the offensive coordinator and the talent Auburn's got on defense, I think Auburn pulls out a, I don't know, let's say like a 24-21 game. I want to pick Minnesota so bad, but if Auburn shows up, they will win. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, Minnesota, but... Yeah, yeah. With the offensive coordinator leaving and stuff, I just I just don't see Minnesota being able to win this game. Hopefully, I'm wrong though. Uh, this next game is a real blood onto the the VRBO Citrus Bowl. Number 14 Michigan against number 13 Alabama. Michigan nine and three. Alabama ten and two. 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on ABC. Who do you like in this one? I mean, this is like we just mentioned Utah with the motivation factor, and you said Alabama. Well, this is. This is Alabama now, and uh, I think several guys won't be playing in this one um, for them. Well, I thought I read somewhere that there was there were a lot of people they thought wouldn't play, but some I thought I saw someone. I'm not saying all of them, but there were a lot of guys that were still going to play in this one. That would be good. 
As far as I know, there has not been a Jim Harbaugh like pipe bomb statement that's going to upset <laughs> everyone yet. But I'm still assuming that that's going to happen. And Nick Saban's just going to fly off the handle and start screaming and yelling in the closet somewhere about it. And then convince all the guys to beat them. And it's going to be like almost as bad as when, as the last time Alabama didn't play in a playoff or BCS game or New Year's Six game. I think it was the 2010 season, and they beat Michigan State like 49 to three. I think it's basically going to be that same thing again. I'm not. I this is a very extreme comparison, but uh, maybe Nick Saban will show his team a, a clip of uh, Jim Harbaugh saying something from like three or four years ago and say, "This is what he said about Alabama," like much to the same like a dictator like Kim Jong Un would, uh, you know, tell the people of North Korea something. <laughs> Uh, oh, they're gonna have propaganda posters. Yes, yes, the propaganda will be all around, and that'll get Harbaugh with horns and long teeth, and that he's trying to eat all of Alabama's children. <laughs> yes, uh, so that uh, Nick Saban will use that as motivation. I'll take Alabama. I'll take it low twenties, um, but. Well, let's, let's also say that, I mean, like this really happened. I remember one of the years Alabama was in the playoff. I think it was like 15 or 16. I don't remember if it was a year they won the title or not. But they took like these, the Alabama, and I don't know if it was Saban specifically, but they did this. So he certainly, like, I guess let it happen. But they took all these like quotes that people had said mm-hmm. and like put them on, on the wall that like media people had said, but like they were all, and it was some reporter who was there to cover something like what, what spot they were getting in the playoff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, they were quotes taken, like, out of context, and it was just like, oh, their defense is good, but is it the best in the country? But, like, they worded it to make it sound like their defense wasn't good. Yeah. And the one I remember is there was one that it was like, we don't respect you, and then they just put the national media below that, and it was just like, well, nobody said that. Right. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, if you tell these guys that, I mean, they just... Apparently, you know, it probably works because they probably won a title that year. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I, long story short, I wouldn't put past what you are saying was going to happen with uh, with Saban and motivation for through Harbaugh. I, I think that, like, I think like legitimately, there's like a forty five percent chance that, that happens. <laughs> I love it. Uh, in meteorology terms, that'd be a scattered chance of a of Nick Saban yeah. uh, propaganda coming out. Uh, the Rose Bowl game presented by Northwestern Mutual, number six Oregon against number eight Wisconsin. Oregon eleven and two, Wisconsin ten and three. Five p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Central time on ESPN. Uh, this to me is one of the toss-up games, more toss-up games that we have in this college bowl season. I think Jonathan Taylor is uh, is the factor backer here, uh, or the fact the X factor here. Um, for I, I like Factor Bacter. He's yeah. a running back. Bacter sounds like back. Yeah. So, yeah, we will say he's the Factor Bacter. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll roll with it. I think Wisconsin's defense in the running game will be too strong for Justin Herbert and company. Oregon's defense is very good. Uh, maybe they will be motivated to play in this game because it's not like they were going to make it to the college football playoff, and we saw what they did in the Pac-12 championship game. But I like... Wisconsin just a smidge better. Low single digits here, but I think Wisconsin's going to win the Rose Bowl. Much to the chagrin. I think, I think motivation will be a huge factor here because it's still a big bowl game. They'll both want to play in it. But I know Wisconsin, even though they weren't last year, has played in a fair amount of big bowl games recently. But for Oregon, I think it's been since 
the first year in the college football playoff that they've been in one of these big games, unless I'm mistaken here. I thought they I had a ro- I thought they had a Rose Bowl appearance a few years back, but I might be wrong in that. They may have. I could. I know they did play Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl in the 2011 season. I don't know if they've played in one again since then. But they, let's put it this way: is that they both looked pretty good in the conference title games. Oregon won. Wisconsin lost to Ohio State. Utah and Wisconsin kind of similar in styles in some ways. I think it was if, if Oregon plays how they did against Utah, I think they will also beat Wisconsin. So I'm going to go with with Oregon for like mid to high teens confidence. Okay. I, Part of it is I just don't like picking Wisconsin either. Well, right. And I I don't like picking them either. Unfortunately, though, I am picking them, and I'm just pulling up here now the. Rose Bowl here, and Oregon played it in 2015 against Florida State. That was the Jameis Winston, I believe. Well, yes, I I, I meant since since the the playoff year in 2014. Oh, gotcha. Playoff okay. Year, yeah. It was that season, but it was played on on January 1st, 2015. Yes. Yeah. So that's why it, it's the first time for these guys because you know 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So yeah. So if they would have been. If they're a redshirt senior, their first year was the year after that season. Yes. Yep. And then the All-State Sugar Bowl between number five Georgia and number seven Baylor. Uh, both teams 11 and 2, 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 7.45 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Another game, another true toss-up motivation factor here for both teams. Uh, I mean, Baylor loses in the Pac-12 champion or the the Big 12 championship game. Georgia loses in the SEC championship game. I think Georgia will be without several starters. I think I'm going to go Baylor. Low confidence points here, uh, but who knows if Matt Rule maybe gets an NFL job between now and then? I don't think he will. I think it'll it'll be after that. But uh, I think I'm going Baylor. Uh, because Georgia last year really didn't show up in the Sugar Bowl against Texas. I think motivation will be a problem for Baylor since they were like 1-11 just two years ago. I think they will be, even though they didn't get in the playoff, I think they will still be excited to play in a big game because this is the biggest game. It's been a while since Baylor's been in one of these since they uh, fired Art Bryles and all that stuff. I think it's been since like 2015 or 16 since Baylor's been in one. So I think they will be excited. I don't know how excited George is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be like last year when, I, I, A, I think Texas that last year had more talent than Baylor does this year, even though Baylor's got a better record. And I just don't think it's going to happen two years in a row. I mean, I don't think George is going to like lay the wood and beat him by 30. But I think this is going to be like a, like a 27-8 to eight game that it's just like, oh, yeah, George's defense is way better than Baylor's offenses. So I'm, I'm, I'm going Georgia for like high high 20s. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, then Thursday, a couple of games because uh, that I like how the bowl season, the schedule has changed this year. Normally we don't have a lot of games after New Year's Day. We have to wait for the national championship game. That's not the case this year, which is very good. So two games on Thursday in the Tickets Master Birmingham Bowl. Boston College at six and six takes on number twenty-one ranked Cincinnati, who's ten and three. Three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Who do you like there? I think I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Uh, lost in the AAC title game where they uh, 
possibly would have been the group of five representatives if they would have won, but it's been pretty good this year. And I think Boston College fired Steve Adazio, if I remember right. Yes. So, you know, they're kind of without a ship right now. And even though Cincinnati's a group of five team, they are quite good and I think better than Boston College. So I would say Cincinnati for like mid to high 20s. I uh, AJ Dillon's a great running back for Boston College, but outside of that, they are not good. I'm going to take Cincinnati for high 30s. I think this is a this is going to be a pretty big route for them. And then the t- the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, uh, eight and four Indiana against seven and five Tennessee, seven p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Who do you like in this one? This is a very intriguing bowl game. There's some interesting stuff going on. Ironically, Indiana's been to more bowl games recently than Tennessee has. So I think Indiana would be the one who would maybe not be as motivated. Where I think this is Tennessee's first one since they had uh, what's his name, Butch Jones. Oh yes. So uh, Travis's uh, favorite since, coach. I think since 2016, when they beat Mike Riley's Nebraska team, which has been interesting how both Tennessee and Nebraska have fared since that game. Uh, and then I know Tennessee looked bad early in the year and kind of turned things around. I think they certainly have more dudes on their team than Indiana. I, I think this is going to be sort of like the Georgia Baylor game, where you know Tennessee wins like like twenty four to ten or something like that in a game that's not incredibly compelling unless you're a Tennessee fan, but is not like so out of control that you just refuse to watch it. I mean, depending on what time it is and what else you've got going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I think Tennessee's. So I think it's, it's, it's I think it's their first bowl game in three years, so or four years. So I think Tennessee will be excited and will play quite well. I'm going to take Indiana. I'm going to take them high teens. I just Tennessee's offense isn't very good. Indiana has a good offense. It's true, they are not. Um, I'm going to take Indiana. I don't say it with a great deal of confidence, but we'll we'll ride with uh, uh, Coach Corso's school and uh, take Indiana. Then Friday, like the it. famous Idaho Potato Bowl, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, 6-6 six and six Ohio against 7-5 Nevada. Uh, who do you like in this one? I don't know a great deal about either of them. The stuff I do know is from previous years. I don't even know the head coaches in Nevada right now, so I'm going to go with Ohio because I know Frank Solich is the head coach and maybe isn't like a great head coach, but at least isn't bad. So even though they've not been very good this year, I'm going to pick the Bobcats. I'll take low confidence points. I'll take Ohio and I'll take them for 30 confidence points. Uh, I just don't like it. And then uh, Saturday, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl because you can't have an Armed Forces Bowl without two or at least one representative from the uh, Armed Forces. Oh wait, that neither team is in there. Uh, seven and five Southern Miss against six and six Tulane. Talk about barf. 11.30 a.m. Central Time, 10.30 a.m. Or 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, I'm taking Tulane in this one. Uh, mid-teens, no real reason, but I think the Green Wave are just a better team than Southern Miss. Who do you like? Tulane, or, uh, sorry, Tulane for mid-teens. No reason other than while you were talking, I flipped a coin because I've not seen either of them play all year. I mean, I truly... I mean, I can come up with reasons, but I don't have anything great, so I'm just going to take two. Final one we're picking then, the Lending Tree Bowl. 10-3 Louisiana against 8-5 Miami, Ohio, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, Monday, January 6th. 
going with Louisiana, A, because they've got a better record, and B, even though I know Miami of Ohio is good this year, for most of your and my lifetime, they have not been good. And I just, to me, Miami of Ohio is the uh, the Mac version of Boston College, where even when they are good, I'm just like, I don't trust these guys. I don't think they're going to win. I will take Louisiana as well. Ho- uh, hopefully they are motivated for this one, uh, unlike, you know, Utah State against another MAC opponent, Kent State. I think Louisiana will win. I will take them for mid 30s. Charlie, I appreciate the time. I hope you have a wonderful new year, and uh, we'll talk next week. A preview of the national championship game, which should be a good one between Clemson and LSU. The wait is only three months away for that national championship game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's it's longer and longer each year. It does. I hope you also have a happy new year and enjoy watching all the football games on New Year's Day. I know I will. I, I certainly will, and I hope your vision remains 2020. <laughs> Me too. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Talk to you later, Stackin. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and effort as always. Um. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, got the picks in for the bowl, the rest of the bowl games. Hopefully, you uh, enjoy, have enjoyed the bowl season, uh, and it's been good so far. Hopefully, I can continue to do well in the uh, sports lounge season four. Uh, ESPN group can continue to do well, and yeah, I say three months in jest. It's really two weeks, but it's still a long time between that and the national championship. Anyway. With that, uh, I want to say thank you to Travis and Charlie for joining me. And NFL playoffs are here. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, the Vikings can win. Uh, Skull, uh, we'll be back to break it all down next week. Uh, come on, Vikings! Please, please, just get a win. Let Let's get at least one win here this postseason. Um, the six seed. No chance at a home game, and uh, definitely a dud Monday night against Green Bay. Right before Christmas. So, uh, come on, Vikes. Skull, Vikings. Let's go. Skull. Skull. All right. I'm done. Have a wonderful New Year, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week on the 2020 edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken saying thank you for listening. Happy New Year, everyone. For Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next week in the first New Year edition. In the first decade it's the new podcast of the first podcast of the decade 2020 version of the sports block podcast next week have a great week everyone happy new year